Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, this is Coco, and you're listening to Conversations with Coco and Friends. Hello, everyone. Today we have special guest Kayla Gray, a sports journalist, TV personality, and dear friend. Miss Kayla Gray is the first Black woman to host a flagship sports highlight show in Canada. Let that sink in. She's a host of Quibi's Sports AM by TSN, host of Sports Center on Canada's leading sports network, TSN, and a frequent contributor to TSN's basketball coverage. If you love sports, you love Kayla. Today, we're going to jump into an amazing conversation. So sit back, relax, grab a glass of wine or a coffee or water, whatever you're working with these days, and enjoy a lovely conversation with our great friend Kayla on everything from motherhood to Black Lives Matter. Okay, Miss Kayla Gray. Hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's only nice the way you say it. I can't say it properly. (laughs) So it's been a month or a couple months, but boy, has it been a month for Black people. (laughs) It's been a time for Black people. It's been some years for Black people. (laughs) I tell you, the pimple has popped. Yes. Yes. Ew, but yes. Ew, but yes. It's just so appropriate. I mean, ew. Like, all of it is just so ew and so heavy. And we have had quite a few conversations, all culminating around the idea that we are tired. So I'm very happy to have you here and to talk, to speak to your fatigue. <laughs> My fatigue <laughs> exhausted. But we want to kick it off. We want to jump right into it. And we're going to go straight to TSN, where you work. Yeah, yeah, still. <laughs> like, <laughs> At least I know. <laughs> and the debacle that is Sherry and Tim. Mm-hmm. You, um, we watched it unfold live. Cleo gave me more background <laughs> in the DM. <laughs> and then last weekend, you and I sat down and we just went went at it with some wine. But I think the, the people, wine always like, helps. The people need to know it from the horse's mouth, as it were. Yeah, give it, give it to us. What happened? What is this? Sherry and Tim, and why were you trending on Twitter? <laughs> oh, yeah, Finally, yeah. I mean, we should, there should be Kayla appreciation regardless, regardless of this whole situation. <laughs> I appreciate that. Preach. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, okay, so where do we start? Um, <laughs> Sherry Ford puts out an article about her experience with racism as she's married to Dwayne Ford, um, who used to play in the CFL. They have children together. Ray Ray Tay Tay. Um, <laughs> and so Sherry 
is recounting things that she's experienced or heard. And the particular quote was, you know, something or rather, something or rather. And then the N word Mm -hmm. comes up full hard ER. It has since been edited. I think we should say that. Um, And that's not the first instance that we're seeing the N word spelt through this piece. There's another one and it's just like, whoop, back in there. (laughs) So let's keep in mind. um, And to be clear, I in no way am saying I don't want to hear anybody's experience with racism, particularly if you're white. That wasn't where I was going with. But as we're all listening and learning, you need to be open to the fact that sometimes you're going to get some feedback. Mm -hmm. If you're going to put out stuff publicly, just like how I work and I do my work publicly, I need to also expect that I'm going to get feedback. And particularly in the stage and the climate, if you're going to put out a piece like that, Mm -hmm. you must understand that someone might have something to say about it. And specifically when a black person sees the N word spelled out with the E-R. So anyways, I was that feedback. I was that person because what I was finding is, and of course, I mean, we know good intention people, um, they read something, but there were a lot of people retweeting this article that were white and it felt kind of green booky to me, mm-hmm. right? Where green book is a, a film on racism, but for white people. And so sometimes when that happens, your blinders are up. So to a black person who could have read this piece and couldn't get past the first paragraph because they've seen the N-word, they're just like, oh, harsh, keep reading, right? Because it doesn't hit them in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so I pointed it out. I said the N-word, especially for me, I don't use it. Um, It's incredibly triggering. It's a violent word. The reason why we call it the N-word is because we cannot say it. Um, And so I had pointed that out. I was like, I will not be sharing. Because what was happening is when people were sliding my DMs being like, you know, that I read this great piece on racism as if my black ass has not lived racism <laughs> in my experience. <laughs> I read this great piece on racism. You should share. And I said, absolutely, I will not be sharing. And here's why. And I think that in my approach, I did it respectfully. Um, you know, some people might argue that. Some people were trying to police the way in which I had called it out. But ain't that about being a black woman? They always telling you how you can have your outrage or how you can call things out. Anyways, I pointed it out. Silence. Um, and then next thing I know, this man by the name of Tim McClure is putting out a 10 thread piece as to why I should not get fired, but <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. not get. I'm not asking for Kayla to get fired, but. And so, you know, he was calling for my livelihood. He was coming for my livelihood. And not to mention that, but he was also asking that I did, I put out a public apology. I privately apologized to the Ford family for what I had called out. And then he was also asking that I went to sensitivity training. Do not. Sensitivity training. For what? Because I was, Sir? because I I was hurt by the N word. So let's be very clear. <sighs> I'm tired. I'm here. I'm ex- and what's so exhausting is I thought we were past this conversation. And I and I think that what's been abundantly clear to this point to me is we are not yet there. We're not even there yet to do the work. And so sometimes when I talk or hear about oh is racism better in Canada or blah 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 better or worse in the states and this that and the third sometimes I'm like. You know, 
as much as I don't like to compare racism because it's all bullshit in the first place, it's terrible. Um, I think that it's so hard for Canadians to move past it because we can't even acknowledge that it exists in Canada yet. So when you see it in the States, it's so blatant. It's in your face. Mm -hmm. You cannot ignore that it exists. And if you if you say that racism does not exist, if you're Donald Trump, I guess you're an idiot. It's just that clear. Whereas with our stuff, we just package it with a bow and we're just like, wow. Look how Canadian of us. Look how sorry, sorry, racism. Like as if it's we say racism with as if it's a question. Mm -hmm. Racism Mm -hmm. in here. Mm -hmm. Like let's be very clear. We still live on stolen land, Mm -hmm. and so it was shocking to me that that was even happening. It was hurtful to see how that was happening because I was on a Zoom call with Black employees that I worked with and they're all watching that go down. And so, I mean, it's one of those things where we're all kind of feeling like we're speaking scared. We're all trying to make moves. We're all trying to better the environments that we're in, but also for the kids coming after us. And then we're watching this guy from Tim McCord just feel so self-righteous into policing how a black woman would feel about seeing the N word written out. And so, you know, it was a conversation that I think I was just so tired of having at that point. So I just flipped to him. I said, all right, Tim, what would sound good in this apology you're calling for? I, a black woman was offended that the N word was used in multiple, multiple instances in this piece. Like, is that how, like it, do you know how stupid you sound? Is basically what my t- what my tweet was. Do you know how dumb you sound? Um, and I'm sure he knew, but Tim kept going. Tim kept going, and Tim kept um, trying to reach out to me and my work email. And so, listen, I know a troll. I deal with them all the time. You should have seen the N word fly when I had made my debut on Sports Center. But there was just something. There was just something about this Tim who felt very empowered to go out of his way to do this. Um, And so it was just interesting to me. Am I shocked that something like that happened to me? God, no, because people love to show their ass in this time. Um, But yeah, I guess it brought upon very interesting conversations because a lot of my colleagues and people I work with, white people that I'm in spaces with, they're just like, oh, I didn't know that we couldn't use that. Mm -hmm. And so what I flipped... What do you mean? Yes. Well, because first of all, we have to be clear, Sherry works in the journalism space. So, you know, she used to work at TSN. So people are like, well, what if we're like quoting someone? And so it's almost like we've all gone back to broadcasting school and journalism school about the N word. And I just, and, and fair, fine, whatever. I just, you know, maybe not whatever, but. I just always flip it. Would you read that article out loud with the, with the N-word and the ER in front of a room of Black people? No. Exactly. Probably not. Not uh, Sorry, what was that word? No, not yeah. N-word. Re, re, Say it again. Re, re, uh, E-R. Oh, oh, exactly. And that should tell you all that you need to know. And then so, you know, from this, we're having this conversation again and again. You guys know the typical stuff. Well, if black people use the N-word, why can't I? And, you know, it was interesting to just watch people tell on themselves in this. In this, I just stay back and stay quiet because um, it was a lot. Um, and I think, you know, for me, I just 
didn't want to engage because mm-hmm. I was just so frustrated and disappointed that like, we are still here. Yeah. Like we're still here. We're still having conversations of whether or not racism exists. We're still having conversations or whether or not white people can and cannot use the N word or should or should not. Or, and I'm like, how do we move forward if we're just so distracted by that? Yeah. Right. And you would, you would think they would take the time to, you know what? It's my chance to sit back but not and feel- listen mm-hmm. and not feel that sense of entitlement to always be the one. No, I have to say something. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> but but this is this is the thing too. I think I was watching a video about the use of the word and like why it's so interesting that white people love to fight to use the word. Is it's the one time that they're told they cannot do something. Mm-hmm. And Bam! So, and so it's like when you are so used to getting a hundred percent of everything that you ask and ask for, and someone says, actually, you won't have 99% today. It feels like oppression. Well, kind of like what we're going through right now. Right, right. When we have to hold, when white people are being held accountable for racism. Yes. When they have to deal with the fact that racism is something that they perpetuate Mm -hmm. and that they need to listen and learn and more than that, actually do something about it, even though they're not racist. But this is what we're, but this (laughs) is one more conversation. (laughs) I'm not a racist. But I'm not a racist. But that's the, the that's like the the knee jerk. Yeah. I'm not racist. So when you call stuff out, people automatically say, assume that what you're saying to them is you are a racist. Whether that sits in your system and makes you feel uncomfortable, that is on you. Mm-hmm. As Julie Black says, take it to the altar. Take your feelings to the <laughs> altar. But let's just call it what it is. Part of the way that white people talk to me speak to us, move in this world, make choices, spend their money, not spend their money, only hang out with certain friends is because of racism. Like, like, let's just all call that what it is. How we move in this world is because of racism. And you can call it conscious or otherwise. And that's what people don't understand. Bias, like people didn't even like bias. There's conscious and unconscious bias. There's conscious and unconscious racism. And all of those things are racism is a thing that exists whether or not you know somebody who's a person of color or whatever or you love them it doesn't matter that does not make you not and it doesn't make you that but there are this whole system is created to benefit specific people in specific ways and if you can't acknowledge that then there's literally like we're already dead in the water so but if it is true that you hold you know unconscious racist bias or whatever the case is if that's true do you not wish to change that is what the real question is. What is this resistance? Like, why are you resistant to it? Like the word, the N-word. Why do you want to use it? I'm just confused. And the conversation that I have with people all the time about this is exactly what you said, where I'm like, cool, I'm not your mom. I'm not God. I can't make you do or don't do anything you want. You want to use it? Use it. If you're going to use it, use it indiscriminately mm-hmm. and walk up to that group of ends. Say it out loud <laughs> with the hard ER. Okay? And I want you to use it indiscriminately. If you think you can't do that, then there's no more conversation. Uh, I don't know why you want to. Right. But what are, what are we fighting for? And now we're just seeing the defense. Just I'm not a racist. And it's just blocking the listening and learning. Mm-hmm. But but you see how trends work. Every, them same people throwing up the defense, the same one posting the black squares mm-hmm. because everybody else is doing it. Listening and learning. That's what everyone else is saying that, that they're doing. So that's what they're saying. And so it's 
it's just been really interesting because, you know, when we talk about allyship, it's like ally is a verb. Mm-hmm. Like there's actually actual real work that goes into it. And, you know, I'm having conversations and I'm sure that you guys are having it too, is now in this fight, we're hearing cancel culture. <laughs> just <laughs> zoop, like anti-black racism, police brutality. That's our fight. Cancel culture. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, like that, it feels like people are just like, hey guys, you know, and, and I understand well-intentioned people. And even I, I kind of need to stop myself from saying that because I'm conditioned to always give people the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt and to be so gracious. And so, you know, I just feel like this, this kind of viral conversation about cancel culture, when you're talking to someone white and they Think that you're calling them a racist it's the defense mm-hmm. right so society is now being called a racist and their response is cancel culture we're not racist what are you talking about like right mm-hmm. and so it's almost and it's almost one of those things that that you know is distracting too because now the conversation has shifted to cancel culture we can't cancel everybody guys they were just making mis- we all make mistakes but what this is and when we're talking about like ally is a verb it's real accountability it's like when i if i do something wrong to you i i own it i know that i've done something wrong to you but i i let you decide how you heal and process what i did to you i cannot i cannot claim control or police to how you police how you feel or heal and and that's the thing that it's so hard for society to to do is we understand you're hurting, but here is how you should hurt, right? You shouldn't cancel this person. Listen to me. If you are really about that action when it comes to accountability, you should be okay if people rock with you tomorrow, even after you do something. But you should also be, and that's the hardest part because there's ego involved, you should be also be equally okay if people are like, I need more time. I can't spend my dollars with you. I can't listen to your music anymore. It's bringing up some stuff for me. And so, you know, do I think cancel culture, it can be detrimental? I don't know, but I just feel like we should stop policing how people feel, especially in this moment. Think about how much stuff is coming up right now. Mm -hmm. Like we, (laughs) my poor therapist, my my therapist must be going through it, my crap. But but it's just, yeah, it's it's tiring, Mm y'all. I feel like I just went on a roundabout and I didn't even get to the point. We'll take it. We'll take it. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me about your makeup artist. Oh, <laughs> you're on you're on TV. Right? I'm on TV you're and I do my own. Me, exactly. Kayla Gray. <laughs> Kayla Gray. At, at Kayla underscore at, Gray, everybody. Underscore MUA. But I'm but I'm so happy to be here. And so <laughs> there's a word for this. Okay, so Kathleen um just literally dropped yep. her Refinery yep. 29 article 30 minutes ago. Shout out to her. It's called the Grateful Generation, and it means I'm just happy to I'm be just here. So happy to be in the place. And I will admit, as I'm dealing with some stuff, I used to be that girl so happy to be here. Quiet. Oh, it's okay that I'm doing my makeup. Oh, it's okay that I'm getting paid less. Oh, it's okay that I'm taking less. It's okay that... What the hell? Like, like at some point, I do learn, I need to know that I need to be kinder to myself. But like, could you imagine, imagine that type of conversation? Like, or the, the thoughts that must be going through our heads. And it's because we're so conditioned. And so now we're seeing like God, I feel, I feel like God's just like, all right, honey, I told, you, I, I told you your worth. I told you who you are. I told you who I see you are. And now you can't unsee honey, it though. Right, listen, 
Blackness is trending, boo-boo. Work, <laughs> work is about to come your way. Show the work, right? Show the work now. When they're asked, because how, how many of us have probably been um, approached to be doing presentations? Oh, yeah. Speaking <laughs> on this, talking on that. Instagram takeovers. Mm, Instagram amplifying voices. Takeovers, amplify this. Ampli- Where's the money at? What does that look like? Some of us are still walking into the, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for giving me this opportunity. Oh, I get shot. Finally, you see me. Here's all the work that I've actually, since you brought up this, I have. And it's like enough, Mm -hmm. enough. You are enough. And we've been talking for years that we are enough. So now we need to get paid as such paid as such. Um, you know, I think there's this, this uh, piece going around or kind of like a meme on Instagram where it's like, you know, DNI consultants are getting paid $400 an hour. So all these people hit me up in my DMs, talk about, can we have a coffee, lunch, phone call, conversation? Can I just run this by you? Is this offensive if $400? <laughs> the roll like, pick your brain. Can I pick your brain? $400. <laughs> You just you send them a like a cash app or the what's the Canadian version of it? Yeah. Any of it. Like yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. We're like a Venmo, four hundred dollars. Because yeah. listen, the window is closing. I the feeds are going back to That's normal. True. The windows are closing. The oh my gosh, is this over yet? Those kind of people, they're coming out. I just want to see pictures of food and exactly. flowers. Can we just all just get along? <laughs> then people are resurfacing. So we need to get ours. And Girl, well, that this is we had this conversation not long ago, and that's exactly what I said. I was like, "Yo, if it's tokenism, it's tokenism. This is what it is." Mm-hmm. But we're gonna get paid for tokenism, okay? Yeah, Whatever that is, you want it? Cool. Send that money though. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not that money, then it's a firm no. Because let me tell you something: when White Johnny, twenty-two years old and unqualified, puffs up his chest and goes into any type of boardroom asking for X, Y, Z, he gets X, Y, Z. So I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering why why people in hiring positions do not keep that same energy for overqualified black women specifically that walk into spaces and just asking to do some work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I mean, that's a good question and it's hard, but I feel like all of this ties into a really good question that we have about balancing affirmative action and then self-congratulatory benevolence. We came up with that um, (laughs) in the professional world, meaning like white people, quote unquote, stepping aside to make room for black folks. Mm. Can we talk about this, guys? Because it's like the language around like the white savior thing, like 
it's super frustrating to see because they're like, you know what? I'm going to step aside and I'm going to make room and give you my job, Black people. And, and I, you should be so grateful. It, right? Has anyone thought about the Black person stepping into whatever roles created and them being like, and then them being like, oh, well, you have so-and-so to thank for your job or you have, right? But, but this is, they don't have to go out and say that. Their job says that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're the one that got hired because... Who wants that? Yeah, who wants that job? We are not charity. Do not hire us because Mm -hmm. we are Black. The conversation we're trying to have right now is why aren't you hiring us because we're Black? This is what we're... like, And so... The, it, this goes back to the listening and learning and I'm wishing some people are still hitting up the books. <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to go deeper in the archives. You need more resources. Did you read chapter eight, Johnny? Because <laughs> you out here act. I mean, wh- wh- I thought we talked about this. You showed the work. I think a lot of people who are so used to just getting what they want, getting ahead, they think that they think of this as sport. Frankly, they think of this as sport because think about this. When you are so used to being in spaces where you are in white spaces, you're white and you win award year after year after year. It is like you are at a race with like a grade seven class and you beat them every single time. (laughs) Right. So you're just used to that winning mentality. Oh, racism. I can win at that too. I can teach myself. I can listen and learn quick too. But this is where, this is the hang up because now black people are asking for diversity. We've been asking for diversity. Everyone, black, indigenous, like BIPOC, everyone's asking for diversity. And what's happening here is some of us, some white people are figuring out, oh fuck, I'm mediocre. <laughs> no, and and I'm, but I mean that seriously. And this yeah. is what we're, this is what we're seeing is the over, like the is there are people now who are realizing all we're asking for you to do, you winning your races against the same group of people time and time again, you winning your same awards year and year and year. Open the pool, then show me how good you are. Go to Offsa. Mm-hmm. Go to Offsa. Mm-hmm. Race against the grade sevens and from that high, from that school over there and that region over there. Show me how good you are then. And it's hard for people to be like, well, fuck. I'm not in first place. <laughs> I'm not in first place. And so that's all. There's a lot. There's a lot of things there's that come. There's some this levels shit. to this fragility, man. <laughs> there is some levels to this fragility. But this is, this is required work. And it's, and if you're really about it, then it's not being the first to learn about racism because that's, listen, learning about racism, even, you know, for me and the things that I, I'm continuously learning, I'm like, I hated history class and fuck no wonder because there was never any history that pertained to my truth and my people's truth. So outside of school, I had to continuously do the work and learn outside of you know, the confines of school. And so, you know, I say that all to say, like, allies who are truly about it should know this is lifetime's work. Like, this is a this is not something you can win at. Like, this is not, you can't, you can't win at this race. Also, change is really, really painful. It's like anything it's you want to do hard. that involves change, it's very, very difficult. It's like why people can't lose the last 10 pounds. It's why, yeah. it's why people stay in horrible marriages. It's why anything that takes, like, great courage and, um, moves the dial 
it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. It's yeah. not a check mark. Right. It's well, because, and also too, is it's like, what's in it for me is the one question that's always like, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, for example, I think about my problems with food sometimes. And I'm like, man, that means I can't do X, Y, Z and I can't eat X, Y, Z and, and the way that I'm forming it. Right. So it's like, so I'm not going to do that. Or like, for example, in this instance, people are like, yeah, we need more black people at the executive level, but I'm also an exec. So do I step back? Like, what does that mean for me and my job? And that question is also what's going to hold up a lot of people from actually doing the real work because it's what is in it for them. Mm -hmm. We're still very selfish at our core, right? So, yeah. Who? (laughs) <laughs> sorry y'all the heat listen, no, it's, 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 it's so funny because i mean i don't know if you're finding this too like i just found my energy monday like my energy started to come back monday yeah because it's it's just been <laughs> i think like the last few months has been like who yeah but it's also not it's not only the work that you have to do it's the work that you have to do for other people yeah and it's also the the on social media the recurring like re-traumatization of your mind. Like we're constantly, yeah. we have to reread and re-see all these really painful things that it's important for it to be out there. And, and that it's just, you become part of that viewership where you have to see it and it's painful. And it brings up that trauma all the time. And then also if you ever dare go into the comments of some of the big accounts that are trying to teach lessons about racism and the people are like, get over it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's my life. Like it's my black life that you're trying to tell me to get over or that there's more important things in the world. And it's, it's hard. And then also because I'm on TV and people are like, Hey, can you do this interview and talk about this and that? And like, Mm -hmm. obviously I love this. Bless you for coming here. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, safe space. Like we're still, we are still revisiting our trauma yes. mm-hmm. through our experiences. That's how we tell stories. Is what we experience, right? So it's also hard. Yeah. But yeah, just over the last couple of days, I've started to feel more strength and capacity for it. So yeah, this thing takes a toll at you, man. Well, we feel your energy now, and Come it on. is alive. We're we here it. for it. Um, and I think you've definitely received this question time and time again. You mentioned those good intentioned people who really are up in everyone's DMs here saying, how can I help? How can I be better? How can I contribute to this situation? So what's your first step to actually having these people be active allies versus just saying, I'm listening yeah. and learning. I tell them to get out of my DMs. I'm at this yeah. point. No, I'm, I'm truly at this point because I think, and and I sound harsh. I understand people are like, oh, Kaylee, whatever. Let me tell you something. Don't talk to me about how you feel about racism. I already know how I feel about racism. Talk to your white friends. Talk to your, mm-hmm. talk to your parents. Talk to your cousins. Talk to your, because what, when those real conversations start to happen, then we're going to see the real change. Because if you keep talking to black people about, oh, that's so unfortunate. I'm here with you, this, that, and the preach. Be with me in the rooms that I am not in. Mm-hmm. Be with me in the jobs that I don't put myself forward for because I feel like I'll never get those jobs. Be my sponsor in that moment. Be with me when John from an old um, small town makes that joke and you're like, Oh, well, he didn't mean it that way. No, be no. with me there. Because that's where the real work starts is when Black people aren't around. Mm-hmm. 
you know, um, I think I forget the poor girl's name, but she was having conversations with her parents and her parents were dead racist. Talk about, oh, those people deserve to be killed because they get this, that, and the third. And <gasps> Listen, it was on social media. Um, and so it's, it's having those tough conversations. But then also in those tough conversations, taking a step back to be like, we literally just had a conversation on a black life. Like, mm-hmm. like, like the, the privilege of that alone to like even have the conversation mm-hmm. of whether or not a black person decided to or should live or should not live. Mm-hmm. Like there is privilege yeah. in, in that. Right. And, you know, I think that privilege has become such a bad word. That, but that's fragility taking it on as a bad word. Like, it, it's just, that's just what it is. Um, and it's like, for me, I'm a black woman, but I know that I've probably, my privilege in having a, a lighter skin is, is there are deeper tone women that could be equally as qualified, if more, if not more qualified than me, but they never got the job because my skin makes white people a little bit more comfortable to be around me. And that is not... I'm not shaming myself. I'm not going to feel shame, but I acknowledge it yeah. and I know it. So what am I going to do about it? Because once you see stuff, like once you truly start seeing stuff, you cannot unsee it. Exactly. You cannot move in this world and, and unsee it or act like it does not exist. So yeah, there's a lot of labor. Um, and so for those who are saying, what can I do? It's just getting out there and having these conversations and just becoming more aware. Totally. I think that's such a good point to talk to your white friends and not go to the black person who knows what's up. We know we've been, we've been telling you (laughs) Sherry Sherry from, from, I'm not Sherry, but Jenny from down the way, been racist. We've been, we've been telling you that like, but it it also sometimes feels like if they talk to you, then they just by talking to you, your proximity, they they get the, yes, they get the cosign and they don't have to do any work. They're like, Oh, I, I reached out. Yes. Your proximity to me almost makes you feel safe. Yes. I'm not racist. I got Kayla. Mm-hmm. How many of us just found out the last couple of weeks that we are that black friend? Because mm-hmm. I did. Yes. But I that's know. about you. But that makes it about them again. Like we're back at that thing where it's about them. And it's hard to separate. <laughs> it's hard to it separate that, is, that it ain't about you. Because yeah. again, to our core, we still battle with the ego and what that means for us. And what, like, I, again, I realized that I'm that black friend for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of my white friends, I might be the only black person that they talking to. Ditto. And, you know, Levi's father is white, but Levi's father doesn't get fucking cookies because he had a baby with me. <laughs> Period. <laughs> That's not, but this, but this is the thing is, and, and, and we need to check our partners too. Mm-hmm. What are you, what conversations are we having with your parents this weekend? Cause I'll tell you the first, what we gonna have, what we gonna talk about. <laughs> We're not going to be talking about, oh, the sky is blue and the flowers look nice this weekend. No, 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 no. Have you watched the news? Because, you know, when you have a mixed child, these are conversations that we're going to be having. So when I look and I told Steve, I'm like, I remember when Trump had gotten elected and brought into office. My God, I want to throw up thinking about that. But I didn't sleep at all that night. I did Mm -hmm. not sleep at all that night. And I looked over and Steve was sleeping fine. (laughs) Like in a nice little snooze. <laughs> but this is where that privilege will let you sleep at night because it don't di- it doesn't directly affect you. And so you have to have open conversations, right? Where Steve knows, like in this time, is like your proximity to me, but 
damn it, your proximity to your son, because this is what happens is people want to be like, my, my kids have black. I know. No, no you, you don't, don't know. <laughs> you don't know. But please do. So you help raise those kids exactly. properly. But do know. But do. <laughs> but the first step is acknowledging that your proximity to black people does not mean shit. Yes. So you do not escape the work that you need to do and the reading that you need to do and the conversations that you need to have. Because even through conversations that we have as parents of Levi, there might be th- some things that pop up there where I'm like, oh, I didn't know that you thought that or that you didn't understand this or you know? And so for example, Levi's hair is curly. And so sometimes we'll talk about how do we talk about, you know, for, for certain white parents, he grew up with white parents. They never talked about the language they use when they're combing their child's hair, because it's not something that they had to think about. But I know the language that was used around combing my hair. Oh, it's so tough. It's so this, and just kind of like the negative. And so it's a weird conversation for him. It might be, but like, it's a real conversation. And so it's like, you have to have real conversations with the people that you're close with if they are white and, and vice versa. Whew. Tell them, sis. Listen, parenting mixed babies is not easy. Oh, we come up for not. that. We come up for that question too. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one of the larger questions that we have, and, you know, we speak about this often, is the idea that as Black people, it's very hard to unite us because slavery Um, Mm -hmm. has moved us all over the world. You know, we all have different cultures. We all have different everything. So I guess what the question I've been asking myself a lot and we've been talking about is like, what can we do as black people to fix this issue from within our own space? Because it is a big issue. And because we're not united on stuff, it makes it way harder for us to move in certain ways as like a quote unquote culture as a group. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel like we can do? to fix this issue within our own people. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I don't even want to have to preface this because some people feel like they escape the conversation of racism by being like, well, what about black on black crime? Oh my Y'all God. guys can't organize. Like, <laughs> and so let's be clear that we, we can't occupy two separate conversations at the same time. So we'll occupy that. I think that there also needs to be safety within the black community. Um, and I mean, like you think about, Um, the recounts of Black women who have been sexually assaulted by Black men. Um, Recently, and this came out on social media, but they felt silenced because of the movement, right? The proximity to Black men right now in this movement has silenced them. They can't speak out about some trauma because it makes it look like, and this is the thing that I had um, also in the back of my mind, because I only said that one thing to Tim McClure, Dwayne Ford had Uh, tweeted, but I never responded to him because I refused to have a public back and forth Mm -hmm. with a black man, a black person, period. So Terry Crews could text, can tweet all his mess right now. And I'll just be like, well, I mean, Kanye Kanye West has said what he needs to say, but like, I won't go out there and be like, bash, bash, bash. I think I might've said, well, it's interesting that Mr. Slavery is a choice was running for president, but here we are. But, but I say that all to say is we have so much healing. Like there's so much healing that needs to be done in our own communities. And, and it needs to be a safe place. Where can we be safe and talk to black men as black women? Here's how we felt you've treated us. Or here's how we feel you view us in the world. Or we're not, we're not, we're not saying about white, around white people, but 
if we're being really honest, sometimes we don't feel safe around you too. And it's those types of conversations that can be incredibly hard to have, especially at a time like this, because society tells us we only can have capacity for one type of conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Like, so what are you about? Are you about, are you about your your people? Are you going to turn on your people during this time? And that's what comes up. And that's why black women stay silent. Um, But I think it's open dialogue and it's creating open, safe forum because we, we really do need to heal and just our resources. We need to be better at sharing our resources. And I do believe that conditioning has trained us that way. Right. So it's like, sometimes people really enjoy being the only in mm-hmm. certain spaces. Right. And so, because they're, they're told that they can, there's only one room for one of you. So you should be happy that it's you in the room. And if you bring someone that looks like you in the room too, that might be your job gone. So of course people enjoy being the only because it's at a survival. Whereas it's like, how the hell we think these white people just all flourishing? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I know that this home over here is for sale. Come. Mm -hmm. I know that this store over here is for sale. Let me hook you up with the person. I know that this job's opening. I know somebody's son I could put in that room. Yeah. I know this guy at the bank. I know that... We need the Rolodex. We need that because we're. It's not like we're not here. We're here, but I think that we need to mobilize mm-hmm. in the way that people have been in the past and have been incredibly successful to do so. And we're seeing that, right? We're seeing that with like collectives and events. Because there's one thing I love about Black people, and I think that we saw that with the Kayla Graham uh, Appreciation Day. That wasn't TSN's backing. That was a whole ass community that was like, "We gonna show out for our sister. We, we got her." Believe that. <laughs> right. So so it's like I don't think that we don't show up for each other. We most definitely do. This is why we're we're there on Sunday nights watching Insecure. Mm-hmm. We support our people. But now I think the question is how can we properly support our people? Because one of the things is like that we're finding that gives us power is like generational wealth. How can we start planting the seeds for the next and the yeah. next and the next? Like for me, like that was one of those things too in this journey a couple of years ago that I had to have a real ass conversation with myself because in survival mode, I was like, I'm here. I'm the first black woman in, in, in you know, to host a sports center show. I need to serve. Seriously, I need to 2018. 2018. <laughs> I know. You're the first. Know. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But but when you're in a in a mode of, of survival, don't rock the boat. Don't yeah. don't don't even like, you know, say anything too loud or don't push. Don't ask why there's no more people in here. And then literally I had to have a real conversation with myself to be like, pause. Think about this. This was 2018 when you made your debut girl. First of all, let's pay respect to those that came before you but couldn't have this opportunity. Now, second of all, the fact that it was 2018 when you made your debut lets you know that it is already too late for you. It is already too late for you. Like, like literally, it's not, so it's no longer about you anymore. So anything that I, so I chose that day, anything that I do forward, it's laying down the groundwork for the next person that can just come in and just show up and do their job. That's just, but this is like how we need to start Mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. you just have to free yourself of that mindset of like i need to take care of me and minds how can i bring other people into the fold yeah. how can we start organizing and mobilizing that way but then also to have 
see, that's really part of me now. The older I get, it's really about bringing in people and how can I help and in which way that I can help and how can we help and grow because I totally, I'm almost 40 and I totally know that it's strength in numbers for yes. sure. But what I also find is when I bring people in, there is this uh, need to take my place or yes. how do I get her out of the way because I've been afforded to stop here. How can I follow everything she's done and then move her out and of the way? And then be the one. Be right. the one. The yeah. one. Rather yeah. than it being a collective yes. or a yeah. way that we can all work together. So I think there, there's work that needs to be done without within us about feeling that there's room at the table for all of us. And that we have to keep pulling up seats instead of kicking the one well, away. Well, this is what I'm saying is when we're so used to seeing that golden seat at a long table of white people, yeah. we just think that it's like when you push a seat back and be like, hey, girl, come share up yeah. this chair. This person's like, I'm not okay with just that half. I need the full chair and we need to figure out how to get you out so I can be that person. It's like, it's survival. It's survival. It's how can we work inside the house? That's what mm-hmm. it, that's what it boils down. No, but the, this is what society has trained us to kind of fight with each other. So mm-hmm. we're better controlled. Mm-hmm. And so we, it goes just back down to healing mm-hmm. therapy. How do we find a place where we can just feel safe and be fucking honest? Right. Because I, I also find, and I think we've had this conversation where sometimes I just don't feel like I can be real because mm-hmm. I'm so scarred, you know, like there's so much like, and, and I feel like sometimes I have, I feel like I'm meeting with, when I speak to other black people, it, it feels like that way too, because we're so hurt and, and we're, we're unlearning and our only way is to protect ourselves with shields and walls and barriers and, you know, and, and, and kind of hiding behind that where it's like, where can we let go and just be like, it's okay. And where can I feel safe to finally cry? But unlearning requires vulnerability. And I think that's the yes. bigger problem, especially as like black men and black women, we can't, be vulnerable. We can't. Can we be vulnerable? we're literally conditioned to be strong mm-hmm. and to be whatever, and to be all of those things, because that's what you have to do. And so when you're always conditioned to be that way, like I had a conversation with a friend and he's like, well, what's the point of vulnerability? And I'm like, what? Yeah. And, but really that was the honest yeah. to God question. And he's a black man. And he's like, well, what's the point? I don't know. Understand what the point is. I was like, do you want to teach your son to be the way that you are? Like, right. I don't, I, I don't understand. But at the same time, I get it. Like mm-hmm. he asked a question that I thought was ridiculous. And in that same moment, I was like, Oh, I hear you. I don't know if it's that ridiculous because when you're vulnerable, you know, X, Y, and Z things happen. Yes. And that again, here we back are at the healing, but learning to be vulnerable and be safe, like requires a great deal of trust in the other people that you're dealing with. Yes. And yeah. that's where like sometimes the break happens is the trust. Like I got you. I got, I, I, I have, here's the safe place. So you can be a hundred percent real. Like how can we create that? And I think once we create that, that's when we can start to grow and have the conversations of how can I bring you on? And how mm-hmm. can I, because it's all about mentality, right? Like we can give people the jobs and they can fulfill those jobs. But like, are we really giving them anything if we haven't set them free of the mindset that they've kind of moving throughout the world with? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been doing a lot of thinking over have Haven't we all? <laughs> Jesus. So what would find motherhood? Mm. You are a mother, sweet, sweet Levi. Oh, sweet um, Levi. <laughs> has gotten none of my attention oh, over the last couple months. Hey, let's talk about that, actually. Mm-hmm. What it's like having a high-profile career while being a mother and, yeah. and having to have a life outside of your kid, but also being a mom. How yeah. do you grapple with that? 
I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be, listen, safe place. Levi's, my relationship with Levi's over the last couple of months has most definitely suffered because like I said, when stuff like this is taking up your time, you are like, how do I create a safer space for Levi? I don't want to have the conversation of drive with your, your driver's license and registration visible. You know, make sure that you always carry your seat. I don't want to have those conversations with my son. And maybe that's why I'm going so hard in like my fight now, but I'm realizing that it could also be robbing me of the, the present joy that I have with him now. And those are just the sacrifices that you have to unfortunately make. And do I feel bad about it? No, Good. no. And I used to, but like deep down, it was always a no, but I would say yes, because I felt like that's what the world wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. You know guilt. what I mean? Mom, you feel like mom guilt is what people want to hear. Yeah. And, and yeah, there are some times where I feel shitty because my job takes me away from my kid. Like I, you know, was on the Amazing Race Canada. I was following around. I was a correspondent and I left Levi when he was a year for a whole month. Mm-hmm. Were there times where I felt down? Sure. I missed my kid and I worried about what it might do for our relationship. Ask Levi if he remembers that much. Probably. <laughs> yep. but, but it's also like, but then there were also times where I was fucking happy. I was chasing my dreams. Are you kidding me? I was in BC and Yellowknife and I was sleeping in hotel rooms and living my life. And like, I used to be scared to say that out loud. I used to be scared to say that loud. I'm just because like, the same questions aren't asked of men, right? Yes. And it's just this assumption of women that, that it's always baby first. It's, it's child all, first. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, no. And, and that you can do both. And you act perfect. And your brain is fine. And everything's okay. And there's no stress. And all the bills are paid. And everything's amazing. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no. It's not. Not it's even a little bit. It's not. And like when does our mess just become okay? Mm-hmm. Like, cause at this point I'm just like exhausted. I got to deal with what I dealt with over the last couple of months. And I'm just like, yeah, the house isn't clean. Okay. Yeah. yeah I didn't put Levi to bed tonight. Okay. Sure. Like he'll be all right. He'll be all right. They'll be all, they, the kids will be all right. Like, it's, <laughs> like okay. the kids will be all right. And it's like one of those things too, where you're almost like, you're also doing some of the unlearning of yourself, right? Like I grew up with my mom's single mom and she worked her ass off. And actually she was one person I promised I'd never be like, huh, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> but I was, when that, you know, as I sit here and, you know, it's funny, you, you think, wow, you really get old when you start looking at your parents as like human beings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why didn't I think that what she was doing as a mom was okay? Like, where did I learn? Because you're conditioned to not believe that. Yes. Where did I learn that women can't work and women can't, you know, send me to my grandparents' house so I can go there after school while she worked to pay for my ass to go to, like, to, 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 to get pants. Like, I just, <laughs> what the hell? Um, but, yeah, it's just, motherhood is so funny. It's, mm-hmm. But there's so much freedom in the honesty of it. Yes. So, so many women are afraid to admit these things, but they're re- what they're not realizing is that the more that they hold that back, 
the more that they're not only hurting themselves, but all the people around them. Yes. I had this really great conversation with Vanessa Kraft before we introduced, we um, interviewed her for Coco Khan. And she had told me that she had a friend, um, her kid had a friend whose mom made a fucking bento box every day where the, the, the sandwich looks like a car or a cat oh, and the cucumber flower. looks like a flower and everything. And in me, though, like I work in events and I like to create things and make yeah. things beautiful. It was I was at a part in my life where I was I was losing that piece with Harlow because I was working so much. Yeah. And I was feeling so much guilt around that. And then when she was like, fuck you, mom, who makes your like <laughs> yeah. sandwich that looks like a cat, I was like, the freedom in that for Yes, me. like, thank you yeah. so much. I wasn't trying to do this anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to make this bento box of beauty for my kid who doesn't even fucking eat it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But her allowing me that for, by just saying that was a cosign of so much freedom to me. Yeah. That the more women who are honest and open and truthful about the reality, it's freeing to so many others. Yes, yeah. And it's going to sound terrible for people who can't get over this, but I love my kid, but... Mm. Why the hell do I have to qualify my love for my kid before mm. I say right. something? Right. You do know. I know. But so many but people. We, but we're so conditioned. To, you know, I love my kid, but I actually really want to go out Friday night. <laughs> can I just say I wanted to go out Friday <laughs> yes, night all day? And yes. it's literally for them to make themselves feel better. Feel better. Yes. You know, it's yeah. self-justifying your own feelings. We got to stop doing it. It goes back to the ego. Listen, I've been watching way too much Eckhart Tolle. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Power of now. Awakening. And we love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I love it. I think that's like the best thing. And it's wild. I was talking to my dad about this one, the freedom of men. And I was like, oh, you know, like you can do it all. And he's like, what? He's like, you can't. I'm like, what? He's like, you can't be a good parent and do all the things. He's no. like, you can do one thing really well. He's like, but that's okay because sometimes one thing's going to be better than the other thing and vice versa. But he's like, uh, that's why we have people and that's yeah. why we have family and that's why we have these things. Yeah. And it was wild because just as a man, he just said, he was like, are you stupid? Are you dumb? Like that you can't do all that. And then I had even told my mom recently because she like sent this, this breakfast video of like, I don't know, some bento box breakfast. <laughs> She's like, for the kids. I was like, what? I was like, mom, you've never made a fucking breakfast in your life. And she's like, I made you breakfast. I'm like, you bought McDonald's breakfast time to time. But like, she's like, I did it. I'm like, bro, it's cool. I don't care that you didn't make me breakfast. I literally don't care. And she's like, well, sometimes I did. I was like, mom, it's fine. You worked. But there's so much guilt around that. There's so much guilt around that. And I'm like, you know, I can only think that hope for hope. I mean, his ass better when levi's older he's like my mom went after it right yeah like yes. i'm sorry look what my mom did look what my mm-hmm. mom did right. like that mm-hmm. those are the examples you know examples like my mom was honest yeah my mom told me hey levi i am having a mental breakdown right now go hang out with your dad right. like it's though it's it's for me um you know, how I want to express the love I have for my son is in those moments of truth, Mm -hmm. because it's like, then I can let him see that it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be honest. You're teaching him vulnerability. Vulnerability. There we go. Vulnerability and truth and how it is to freaking be a human. I don't know. I don't know what type of robotic life we thought this was, (laughs) But but it, but it's almost like we feel we we chase this idea of perfection, but it's like perfect to what and to who? Yeah, perfect to what and to who? Like how how are we gonna learn? How are we gonna grow? How are we gonna 
you know, there's so many mistakes that I like made in my life. Sure. But like, I don't think I'd be here. Well, that I, yeah. I make those mistakes. Yeah. Listen, I got kicked out of high school. I went to an adult learning school to like upgrade my mark. I think I did pretty well for myself. Yeah, yeah you did. did. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, it's funny because before I would never tell people that. So I'd be like, oh, Kayla, where'd you like come from? Oh, I don't know where. Somewhere. I just like walked in, you know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but like, how, how are you going to show your kid? Like when he goes to school and he's struggling. Yeah. Mommy hated school too. <laughs> yeah. It sucked. It right. sucks. Like, but could you imagine how much further we can get in conversations with our kids when we just are like real with them? Whew. That's true. That's true. Parenthood. Yeah. yeah. Leadership. Yeah. yeah. Just, just love- being real with, just, just being real with your kids. I mean, obviously not everything's for your damn kids. Like what, what I do on Friday night is none of your old damn kids. (laughs) But, you know, know, I I just think that for me, how I want to show my love to my son is just through honesty. And that's a beautiful thing. And more of us should do that. Mm -hmm. Well, Miss Kim Gray. Is this it? It has been such an honor. No! (laughs) (laughs) Does everyone say this? Everyone's like, (laughs) they always want to say (laughs) thanks so much guys for having me appreciate it that, that felt freeing i know it was awesome thank you so much oh, thank you thank you you can follow kayla on instagram at kayla underscore gray that's k-a-y-l-a underscore g-r-e-y If you love this episode, you can follow us online at C-O-C-O-A-N-D-C-O-W-E. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It seriously helps and we would be so grateful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.